Hello, everyone. Welcome to Smoke the Podcast, episode 22. So what's going on, guys? Oh, a whole lot of not much. <laughs> yeah. Same here. Um, we have a special guest today. Ryan, would you like to introduce our special guest? Yes. So our special guest today is Corwin. Um, no need for any last names because of OPSEC. <laughs> we keep things private here on Smoke the Podcast. Um, no, Corwin and I have known each other. Um, I remember, like, we we weren't, like, close buddies until about, what, fourth grade? Third grade. Third grade? Yeah. Um, but we've been at the, we grew up at the same church from the time we were, like, babies. And I think we went to the same preschool and stuff, too. So we've known each other pretty much our entire lives. But, um, you know, it's, so it's been a, almost a good 30 years. Yeah, close. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There. yeah. getting old, huh? Yeah, yep. definitely. <laughs> so. Some older than others. Today we have a special, a special topic. Um, not a special topic, but something different. We're just going to do a whole different show today. Yeah, this whole show is going to be different. Um, our cigar today is uh, close, but no cigar. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> we're not doing uh, a cigar. We're not doing a cigar. Uh, we're doing a whiskey flight. So yeah. we're going to taste um, six whiskeys. Yep. Uh, we're doing a wing sauce flight. It means yep. we're going to taste six wing sauces. Uh, of variable heat levels all homemade and handmade and cooked up by mr corwin himself yes that's why he's on here yes so he is the expert it's going to be pretty crazy um there are some really hot ones in here what is what is the hottest pepper we're dealing with uh, today we're going to be using the hottest sauce we'll have carolina reaper peppers oh, which are gosh. the guinness uh world record certified hottest peppers right now so oh. if we're still alive then we might con uh, cover a little bit of a hunting uh, update on how that season's going. But chances are um, we might not be able to talk after the last one. Yeah. Which is why we're doing the whiskey first. Okay. <laughs> um, so do you want to uh, explain to us our first whiskey? You want to talk about that? Yeah, let's jump into that. Um, and yeah, we'll come back to the hunting update at the end. I'm going to go ahead and pour. Okay, so whiskey number one. Um, before we get into this, you're going to hear a bunch of uh, bottles being opened, whiskey being poured. This is super informal today. How does it sound? We got... Ooh. Oh, I don't know if that sounded good. That's actually not our first whiskey of the oh, day. Oh, it isn't? It's, oh, it's what are we doing? It's this one, this one, this oh, one, Oh, we're going one, reverse. This one, this one, yeah. All right. So we're going to start with Bird Dog. Um, so that's going to be our first one today. Okay, let's see if we get this one. Which... Sound. Oh, there we go. Um, we have had this one before on the podcast, but because Corwin has been on the podcast before, um, I think as a secret guest the yeah. first time, yes, um, we uh, we decided to initiate him into our Chucker Team Six, um, and we got him a bottle of Bird Dog whiskey. Yeah. So he's got to have some of that because we are Upland game hunters and we are bird hunters here. So um, hopefully we'll get Corey out hunting here pretty soon. Um, that being said, we're going to start with bird dog whiskey. Uh, oh, and I got sidetracked. It's, it's, uh, going to be a little informal today. We got all kinds of glasses clinking here. We got water bottles. I mean, it's just going to be a little bit of a mess, uh, aluminum foil. And like, so you're going to hear a lot of background noise, but, um, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. So, okay. So bird dog whiskey, which is whiskey number one. 
So let me go through the description here. Uh, it's barrel aged to the right balance of body and flavor. Bird Dog Kentucky Bourbon is a superior aged bourbon crafted with a mash bill of corn, rye, and malted barley. Aged in fire charred new American white oak barrels with smooth and warm accents of spicy and bursts of honey. Um, so some unique facts. Actually, you know what? Let's go ahead and smell it real quick. Okay. We'll do our tasting, and then we'll go over the unique facts. So, and, and by the way, we're not taking like a full shot. No, these are about a quarter ounce. So yeah. with six six uh, tastes, this should equal the equivalent of one shot. Yeah. Maybe a little more. So, cheers. 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 I'm going to go with the smell first. Smells like bourbon. <laughs> it does, yeah. It's got a very approachable aroma to it. It's not right. super smell harsh. Vanilla. Yep. But you know how some whiskeys they have that really like like grain yeah. alcohol scent to them. This one's um, smooth. I get a good amount of spice. Yeah, you yeah. don't get that like really hard alcohol yeah. scent off of it. It's got a really smooth, clean scent um, with yeah a little <clears throat> bit of vanilla maybe. Um, which is funny because this is actually crafted with the mash bill of corn and rye and malted barley, which I think typically most bourbons, it's just corn. Yeah. So this one's kind of a, a little interesting because it does have that rye in there. Um, as far as the flavor goes. Ooh, this it, will heat you up a little bit. It is. It's a little, yeah, it's a little warm. Um, and it's, a, it's not as smooth as some of the other bourbons I've had before. But I think... This is kind of why it's our our bird dog bird dog's like our hunting whiskey because it kind of warms you up and it yeah that's you know needing a hunting whiskey mm -hmm. you need to be warmed up when it's ice cold out there in in frigid January and and everything else so um, so yeah crazy good stuff so the unique facts they have fourteen different flavored whiskeys so this is just their standard bourbon they have a reserve as well um, and then on top of that they have fourteen different flavored whiskeys. Um, which is kind of crazy. So, um, that's, I think that's like kind of what they're breaking into right now. Like, cause yep. they've had their classic bourbon, but everyone's getting on the flavor yeah, trend. Flavored whiskey is definitely, um, uh, I know peach is their like top seller. Bird dog peach is like, I think the, one of their biggest flavored sellers. Um, they have completely relabeled their brand in bottles though. So we're actually drinking out of one of the classic bird dog bottles. Um, my dad's going to be kind of sad to hear that because the reserve, I believe had a German short hair pointer, just oh, like his dog, Sam. Sam. Um, and so yeah, they're, they're getting rid of that. They're, they're just doing like a, uh, a silhouette of a dog on, on all the bottles now. And they're going to a more modern, I guess, style as well. Um, and then this is the obvious choice of whiskey. For any upland game hunter, it should be yeah. Yeah. So what did you guys think of that one? That was pretty good. And one thing I wanted to note, looking at it compared to the other ones, it is significantly lighter in color. It is. Oh yeah. It's yeah. You know what the else? Lightest. Uh, as I'm pouring this uh, second one, I definitely noticed that. Yeah. And I thought maybe it was just in my head. I wonder if that has to do with maybe the rye or the maybe like maybe the way that it's distilled or something. I don't know. Um. There wasn't really, there wasn't a whole lot on their website. Of, uh, uh, and so everything that we pulled today, all the descriptions, everything has been pulled specifically from each brand's website. We didn't go to any other reviewer sources. Um, I literally just wanted exactly what the company's saying. So some of these are going to be really long descriptions. Some of them are super short. Um, so it's kind of a mix of everything in between. So for the next one, um, 
Theodore, do you want to go through this one? Sure. Cool. Uh, so the next one is <laughs> Redneck Riviera. Redneck Riviera. Um, so this is the a small batch whiskey with vanilla honey smoothness and a subtle oak finish. Um, as I smell this, it's definitely not uh, as strong uh, as the bird dog. Which is opinion. funny because I didn't get a whole lot off the bird dog. Like it has a really smooth scent. Yeah, I mean it smelled, uh, but I smelled very vanilla y to me. I can, yeah, oh. I can really smell the vanilla and butterscotch in this. This smells like just pure sugar. <laughs> yeah, this uh, says on the nose, light vanilla, butterscotch sweetness. Oh, yeah. Uh, caramel uh, with a bright touch of honey. Huh. Which is, I mean, yeah. Now, yeah. That, now that you say that, I can smell it. Oh, yeah. I can right. see that on the, on the nose for sure. Uh, flavor, smooth vanilla, perfect touch of oak, rich full palate, uh, complexity with approachable sweetness, followed by honey, dark stone fruit essence. Dark stone. What's a stone a fruit? Stone something fruit? that has yeah, a like a peach or something. Something like that. that has a pit, oh, right? Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, rounded out with earthy grain. Earthy plum. grains. It would be dark mm. with a plum. Closer to like a plum. Oh, plum. Okay. Yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, give this thing a taste. I don't know if you guys. Cheers, boys. Wow. Definitely sweeter, but that is a lot sweeter. A lot sweeter. Wow. A lot smoother. A lot sweeter. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. That is. Uh, yeah, I could. Like I could drink that neat. I that could drink is, that neat. For that sure. is sweet. That's um, like candy. And the thing about it is, it's not it's, quite syrupy either, though. No. Yeah. yeah, it's not like a Southern Comfort where you yeah. feel like, oh man, <laughs> this is like super. Uh, the thing about it is, it, it it almost reminds me of drinking a whiskey that's been uh, sitting sitting in ice for a little bit. It's not super mm -hmm. powerful the flavor. Um, you know what it also reminds me of is that that little bourbon barrel that I got you uh -huh. for I don't know if it was Christmas or your birthday or whatever. But um, where you can – you basically put in like a very bland kind of a, a whiskey or whatever or just a typical whiskey. But you can drop like uh, vanilla beans in there, apple or what okay. – like you can infuse it essentially. And it kind of tastes like it's been infused with vanilla or butterscotch or something. Like it does not taste like a standard bourbon right out of the, uh -huh. the bottle. That's, that's really, really – that's really good. Yeah, not so bad. I like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, unique facts about this, uh, founded by big and rich star, John Rich. Yes. So the country, I know you don't like country music, but he makes a good, good <laughs> he bourbon. Does, or he does. A, so you make a good whiskey. about country boys? They yeah. They know how to, <laughs> they know how to make spirits. good whiskey. Yeah. 10% uh, of every purchase supports, uh, what is it, Folds of Honor? Folds of Honor. Scholarships uh, for family members of fallen troops. That's, That's pretty good. Yeah. It's, it's like that. pretty crazy. Um, and Redneck Riviera has a whole line of products, uh, whiskey, meat snacks, boots. <laughs> it's funny, the, uh, the wide range. Yeah. Uh, boots, apparel, barbecue sauce. Um, and uh, they have a, a bar, uh, barbecue and bar in Nashville. Redneck Riviera Barbecue and Bar. Yeah. It's crazy, too. If you go on their website, it's like a full-blown, like, experience. I was just yeah. showing Theodore the website, um, you know, kind of as we were preparing for today's episode. And it's... Everything's branded with their red, white, and blue. It's all red, white, and blue, everything. So um, supposedly, too, Big and Rich plays a lot of little concerts at that uh, Redneck Riviera barbecue bar and grill. I really like this bottle. It's very simple. Um, a lot of uh, bottles have a ton of information on them, almost too much. And this is just super simple, and I like it. Yeah, it's definitely eye-catching. It think. is. It's bright, um, like in the sense that like there's very little to it, but it's that bright white yeah. label, and no one, no one 
as far as I know, that I've ever seen on a store shelf, maybe you guys can correct me, does a white label on whiskey. It's always yeah, black, very, very rare. tan, yeah. some kind of like burnt paper yeah. look, you know, it's like got that oh, old look. Look at all the other ones we have. And, and then, yeah, no, seriously. And, and this is the only one that has like a big, bright, white label with, you know. And maybe that's what it is. I feel like it sticks out. It's clean. Out and it, and it's very clean looking. And we'll probably, we'll, we'll post a picture of all the ones together so yeah. you can see. Um, so, but and, yeah, it definitely sticks out. All right, cool. So we're going to – this one is actually one that I picked up for uh, Corey after kind of reading up on the story behind it. So whiskey number three is going to be uh, uh, Larceny. But I'm going to let Corey go through it um, since this one's kind of one of his his favorites here. Yeah, so like Ryan mentioned, actually, it was for my birthday last year. He got me a bottle of this. And since then, that's been my kind of my everyday bottle, uh, the cheap bottle that I'll always have laying around that I'll drink from. Uh, so get back get to the Larceny for the description. It's a discover a taste worth stealing. <laughs> Made with wheat instead of rye as the secondary grain, our signature weeded bourbon delivers a smoother taste that's hard to resist. Awesome. So, and this Teddy pours it for the aroma. Uh, they list it as fresh bread and toffee with a note of butterscotch. Fresh bread, huh? Fresh bread. Huh. I definitely get the, the toffee. I, I'm smelling the butterscotch, but no, I don't smell bread in this at all. Yeah. I'm really trying to. This bottle has been opened a bit too, so I can't say it's a fresh bottle. Yeah, but... Yeah, I'm not seeing the bread either. I'm not smelling the bread too much. But I mean, you can clearly smell the butterscotch. Yeah, but... and, and now I'm maybe picking up some of the notes of toffee. I always joke about this on the podcast. Like, what if they didn't tell us anything? Would we even be able to be like, oh, yeah, I, I smell a little bit of whiskey in there. <laughs> I smell a little bit of lasagna. You know, yeah, some weird stuff. No. I, I don't want to drink anything that tastes like lasagna. <laughs> or smells like lasagna. Sorry. I don't know. So, maybe you could taste. I, I, I mean, maybe I can smell the wheat a little bit. I, think I feel like, to me, I associate fresh bread smell with beer. Because of the, the yeah. yeast and the hops. If anything, you get more of a cakey smell. Yeah, maybe like, maybe like sweet, cake, like birthday yeah. cake or something. Okay, and then for the mm. taste, they say a buttery caramel and honey notes with a rich mouthfeel. Okay. And a long, gently sweet and savory finish. All right. So I will definitely say a rich mouthfeel <laughs> to describe this is pretty good. Um, wow, taste, that is rich. It's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I taste the honey uh, a little bit. Oh, it's pretty good. More of a burn up front than the others too. It does. That's yeah. It's it doesn't good. burn going down, but it's in in my mouth. I and they're the they're not kidding burn. with the long finish, man. Woo. Yeah. Wow, that sticks with you. It does. It's good, and I feel like it would probably be best on the rocks. Or how do you typically drink it? Yeah, depends. I'll normally mix it, make a whiskey sour. Or, or oh, sour I could see it. like a really good that old fashioned or an yeah. old fashioned. It, it's really good with that. Cause it's so I don't know if it's because we just tasted a pretty sweet whiskey uh, with the Redneck Riviera, but I'm not tasting the uh, sweetness in the finish. I taste the savory a lot more. Yeah. And maybe yeah. that's why it's so good with like a whiskey sour. I wonder too, um, on this one, if, I mean, it's just, it's so heavy. Like, it, I mean, the, the profile of it's just so, like, I wonder if that, if that has anything to do with it as well. Because I, I didn't taste, like, like, none of the other ones to me tasted all that yeah. heavy. This know? one is hands down my favorite one for mixing, just because of it is a heavier one. So well, the flavor shines through a lot more, but it 
the same time, it gets complemented with whatever you're mixing it with. Right, so that's what I was gonna ask you. Obviously, when you're making a whiskey sour, an old-fashioned, for example, I know with the old-fashioned, you put like either simple syrup or rock, rock candy in there. You do a little bit of orange peel. You do the, the bitters. You do, what else goes in there? I think that's it, right? Bitters and, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and a little bit of water as well. So that, that, that heaviness, that thickness of the, of the mouthfeel, I think probably rises above the other flavors. Yeah. That's always my problem when I make something like with, um, for example, Gentleman Jack, which I love. It's super smooth, but when you make a mixed drink with it, you can't taste it anymore. You can kind of it's just lost it's with all gone. the other flavors. Yeah. Yeah. So the next one we're doing is going to be whiskey number four, Woodford Reserve Double Oaked. So this is like their, kind of their signature, um, like reserve, uh, even though they're called Woodford Reserve, yeah. even their regular ones. Oh my reserve. goodness, pouring yeah. this, looking at it, it's dark. It's super dark. Wow. Um, that's crazy. I wonder if it's going to be, uh, it's honestly almost got like a coffee color. It looks yeah. to me like, um, those like really black rum or mm -hmm. dark rum, mm -hmm. um, kind of in the way it looks. Although when you pour it right there, it lightens up a little bit, but anyways, here's the description for this one. It's an innovative approach to a twice barreled bourbon. Um, it creates rich and colorful flavor. Um, and it is uniquely matured in separate charred oak barrels. The second barrel, deeply toasted before a light charring, extracts additional soft, sweet oak character. So on the nose, we're supposed to smell rich notes of dark fruit, so caramel. Without even reading that, dried fruit was what I thought. Okay. Mm -hmm. That does, yeah. I get the honey or like, too. Yeah. It's, sharp, it's got a real sharp honey. Smell. Honey, um, chocolate, marzipan, and toasted oak. What's marzipan? Is that like mazapan, the Mexican candy? <laughs> I have no idea what marzipan is. I'm sure. Maybe almond? I think it's it's similar because ma mazapan's peanut, right? Yeah, it's peanut. I think marzipan might be almond. Okay. We'll have to sure look that, that up. <laughs> but yeah, that does smell very fruity and you can smell the honey in it. Um, the taste is a full-bodied mix of vanilla, dark caramel, hazelnut, apple, fruit and spices, and for the finish, long and creamy with lingering hints of honeyed apple. All right, let's taste Cheers. it, boys. Cheers. Mm, that's different than anything else so far. Yeah. Woo, that's oaky. That is mm -hmm. very oaky. Living it, up to its name. I have to say that, honestly, of all the ones that we've tried, I know this one's supposed to be really nice, I, I like this one the least. Okay. Only because it is, it's like just super strong. Yeah. I'm not the biggest super oaky fan of super oaky bourbons. This would be really good probably in like a old fashioned or like really mellowed on the rocks. I'm tasting the apple on the finish, like I said. Um, Even though I don't like the taste, it's got a clean finish. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Finish is not bad. Um, the taste is, it, it's tough. I, I don't know if I would drink this neat yeah. uh -uh. like this. No. Yeah. And I like, I like a lot of whiskeys neat. I, mm -hmm. I wish we were recording this so we can record Ryan's face when he took that <laughs> last drink. Ugh. Yeah, that was rough, man. Um, uh, almost reminds me of scotch. Yeah. It's bordering on the, uh, yeah, the, the I, real peaty smart, uh, scotches that you can have fine, oh. which I'm not a fan of. And I love scotch, but I stick to the Highland scotch. Um, the only unique facts I could dig up on this one was that it won seven gold medals. There really wasn't a whole lot of other information on this one. 
I can tell you, and I know we've mentioned it before because we've done Woodford Reserve regular on um, the podcast before, that Woodford Reserve is my flying whiskey. Oh, yes. We have talked about that. Um, because it's typically the only one that all of the U.S. airlines offer as their higher-end whiskey, and it's free on international flights. So that's my go-to. Um, it is... Uh, yeah, that was rough, though. That tastes nothing like standard Woodford Reserve to me. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see the appeal to it to certain people to like a, a darker, earthier. Yeah, it's definitely uh, probably has a uh, cult following. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Uh, but I don't think it would appeal to the masses, people that don't drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah, and I'm sure for the price too, you're not really gonna buy it unless you want it. Yeah. All right, so I just poured up uh, our fifth. This is our fifth, right? Yeah. Uh, our fifth whiskey, um, which is Four Roses Small Batch. Uh, this was a gift to my dad for his retirement. Happy retirement, Dad. Happy retirement. Um, and he said we can use it for the podcast. Nice. He said, well, actually, he said, Ryan can have it anytime he wants. Oh. He can drink it anytime he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give props to Uncle Ted. <laughs> so, uh, go ahead. I will say I want to do an actual episode where we just this is our exclusive one too. Okay. So, just cause yeah. this this I, this has a special place in my heart. I really love uh, the flowers that are on the bottle. It's pretty. Cool. Yeah. Um, this is actually a pretty cool looking bottle. It would, it would catch my attention. Yeah. Um, anyway, let's get into the description. This is from their website, mm -hmm. correct? Yep. So, if you've ever wanted proof uh, that mingling bourbons is an art unto itself, you'll find. That in this perfectly balanced small batch bourbon, uh, four original bourbon recipes have been expertly selected by our master distiller at the peak of maturation to create this very mellow and perfectly balanced bourbon. Uh, you can enjoy it best straight up on the rocks or simply with a splash of your favorite mixer. Um, so let's see. On the nose, mellow spice, rich fruit, hints of sweet oak and caramel. It is pretty tame on the nose. Yeah. Ooh, caramel big time on the nose for me. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's smooth. Um, this to me just smells like like what bourbon should smell like. <laughs> uh, so palate, uh, mellow, ripened red berries. I like the spe uh, specific. <laughs> ripened red berries. <laughs> ripened red berries. Um, dried spice, well-balanced and rich. Okay. On the finish, soft, smooth, and pleasantly long. All right, oh, cheers. Mm-hmm. You can taste the red berries. Mm -hmm. Ooh wee. That is smooth. That's a good one. Yeah. That's got a ton of flavor. That's got so much flavor, mm -hmm. I don't even know what it tastes like. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and it keeps moving too. Like yeah. you think you have it figured out and then and the and oh man, the finish is amazing. It's got finish a long finish, smooth. but it's smooth but long, so there's no harshness or uh -uh. Um, so since you said you wanted to do an episode on this, have you tasted this before? I have. You in have. fact, there's a unique fact about it that I wanted to add um, on this one. All right, go ahead. Go so ahead and read all of them. My, okay, well, this one's aged anywhere between six to seven years. It's a 90 proof or 45% alcohol by volume. And crazy story about this. My brother-in-law, Scott, is stationed in the Navy um, in Japan. So he's uh, like on a base outside of Tokyo in Yokohama. On the base, they have 
you know, access to like American stores and, and shopping and all that. They can get whiskey, they can get whatever. What you can't get though is very specific types of whiskey. And Four Rows of Small Batch is one of those. So he asked us when we went to go to visit Japan, will you bring me a bottle of Four Rows of Small Batch? So I said, absolutely. We bought a bottle and uh, you know, we were, we were able to bring it in our carry-on and stuff. And I remember seeing it and being like, oh, did you get a new uh, Smoke the Podcast whiskey? And I was like, nope, taking it to Japan. <laughs> Crazy, even still. We finished that bottle. I should say Scott finished that bottle. I helped a little bit, but not nearly as much as he did in the one week that we were in <laughs> between Tokyo and uh, this little fishing village called Ine. And by the time we got to Kyoto, it was all gone. <laughs> it is that smooth and it's that good. And you can just, you know, yeah, I don't know. It just kept going. And he had this titanium cup, uh, hiking cup that he was just drinking it out of. And it was pretty funny. Wow. But I will always associate Four Roses Small Batch with Scott. All right, well, then I agree. We must do an episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, who's doing the honors in the last one? I think we should have Corwin do the honors, although there's also a ton of stuff to read. Yeah, I might just skim through it. Uh, okay. If not, I can go through it if you want me to. The website was a little too descriptive. Yeah, maybe I'll just opinion. give a little bit because I actually I picked this up a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I wanted to buy a fairly expensive bottle to try, uh, and looking at different different reviews and higher end whiskeys and bourbons that were good, uh, I found Barrel Bourbon. They were actually pretty cool because they they do blends, and with all their blends, they have batch numbers, and every batch is unique. So they normally generally do four batches a year, and. Uh, this is one of the ones that's out and available right now. It's Bourbon Barrel, batch number 24. Okay. Um, so what do we know about batch 24? Batch 24, it's actually, uh, it's something newer to me that I haven't ex drink, drank a lot of is a high, high rye whiskey. Okay. Uh, kind of never ventured out into that section of the whiskey market, but uh, this is a blend of between... 15 to or 9 to 15 years okay uh, so they, I believe they use five different whiskeys in uh, all their blends wow okay huh interesting so it looks like from what the some of the research that I had done that there's a nine-year 10-year 13-year barrel um, and a 15-year barrel as well and I, I think if I remember when reading uh, it's got I think three of them are rye and then the other ones are corn Okay, interesting. I, I've not, I've never really had anything with like rye whiskey. It's always okay. just been pretty much like corn and the standard like bourbons. So, have you? Yeah, I've had a few. Couple. Okay, yeah, okay. Different ones. Um, what do we have on the nose? So we got, it says opens with vernal florals, apple blossom, blonde tobacco, and spruce tip. Uh, these lead naturally into, what is that, Estival? Wow, festival fruits, fruits. <laughs> green banana, ripe pear, lychee, cherry, uh, prickly, prickly autumnal mulling spices, and wintergreen lend complexity. The sweetened wintry foundation is laid by pumpkin pie and coffee ice cream. My gosh! All right, so okay, okay. If your palate's that sophisticated, yeah, you, yeah. yeah. wow. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to read the palate and all the other finish. It looks yeah. like it says. I'll just read some of the keywords yeah. that were in there: chocolate, ganache, grapefruit, orange bitters. There's some mineral slate and salt, <laughs> uh, mushrooms, um, notably spicy. 
ginger, black pepper, cola, um, rosemary, leather, oak. Okay, so they just started naming everything. Uh, one thing you can to know, imagine in a bourbon, or is that how that works? Pretentious yeah. tool, pretentious a little bit. Tool. <laughs> Note some cell phone battery in there. <laughs> one thing I do want to add with bourbon, with barrel bourbon, uh, all their blends, they specifically, they are all different, and they all, they don't tend to do two or three blends that are similar in a row. So they'll, they'll do this one's a high rye one. The two after this are completely different. One is uh, almost like. It's a real, real sweet one, and then the other one's more of a closer to the Four Roses, where it's gonna be a little bit more reserved and smoother. So they kind of they purposely vary their selection so they don't never have too many similarities on the shelf at the same time. Okay. Well, for the finish, it says it's creamy, sweet, cheesecake, hefeweizen, um, gentle. Well, gentler than the roller coaster of the palate. <laughs> There's plenty of complexity provided by cherry, aperol, clove, and it fades on red pepper flake and table salt. Interesting. Um, I've had aperol. Aperol is a very bitter spirit that comes from Italy. They're really like popular. It's really popular over there. I'm not a fan. So if that's the case, it's going to be a very bitter aftertaste is what I'm gathering. Well, so we'll see. I jumped the gun. I tasted this already. Okay. Um... So it's, cheers, everyone. It, it, it's uh, the only one I would describe like a cigar as peppery. Mm -hmm. It's wow, like a little bit of a peppery mouthfeel. It does. That is and interesting. Maybe that's where the cola comes from. It almost tastes like it's carbonated, but not really. It's very weird. I get where they're coming from on the scent with the uh, blonde tobacco because it kind of has like a Connecticut wrapped cigar scent mm -hmm. to it. This would pair well, really well with a cigar. Oh, yeah. We're going to yeah. have to do this one. Uh, I think it would pair really well with an extremely mild but, like, decent cigar. Yeah. Not like, not like mild, like, weak, but yeah. like a mild, like, like a Macanudo Hyde Park that has some substance behind it, but it's got a really, really smooth, creamy finish, and mm -hmm. that peppery of the whiskey would probably bring a lot more flavor out in the cigar. Yeah, this is crazy. I didn't think I was going to like it that much. Yeah. And this one in particular, I actually, I prefer to drink on the rocks. Okay. Just because of the peppery uh, aspect to it. Uh, when it's chilled a bit and a little bit of water in there, it smooths out a lot. And actually, for me, it almost kind of completely changes the taste. That's right. We were going to put whiskey stones in this one, huh? Uh-huh. That's okay. We might have to do that later. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. That's, yeah, that's really good. Ooh, this is 113 proof, too. That's mm -hmm. why. Um, that'll, that'll, that'll get you, boys. <laughs> yeah, so here's another crazy thing. I was reading that in this particular batch, it's distilled and aged in both, or in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. However, it's all bottled in Kentucky. Um, selection of 9, 10, 13, and 15-year-old barrels of different whiskeys into the blend. Um, and it's bottled, oh, I already read that, in Kentucky, American White Oak barrels. So that's, that's You know what's weird it. is... Um, that's good. Something so high proof, like 100 and, 113, I mean, it's, it's pretty high. Yeah. Uh, for, for, definitely for a bourbon. Um, I don't feel the burn like, it, like you would in most no. of the bourbons. Yeah, I feel like Wild Turkey 101 is yeah. far worse yeah. of a burn than that. However, I do understand what they're talking about with that red pepper flake on the yeah. back end. It's almost even, if you get a little on your lips, it has a little bit of a burn on your mm -hmm. lips, too. Yeah. It, it's a, I like it. I get what they're saying, too, about the Aperol flavor. Because, like I said, I've had quite a bit of Aperol, and it's very bitter. Um, it's the 
that it's like right there in the finish and then it turns to red pepper so you only get that that mm -hmm. split second of a taste so going off of that uh i did research this uh rye whiskeys tend to be a little bit more dry and that this one it definitely has doesn't really have any of the sweetness right oh, yeah, of any sure. of the other yeah it's, it's very dry which i've always when i like different alcohols i always do like dry okay like, and dry dry is always Dry is always good. Dry ciders. Yeah. Although I must say I'm I'm a kicker for like kind of not super sweet but right in the middle. Okay. If for me, it's just so, it's different than anything else. So we we've uh, gone through the flight. What? Uh, uh, what is we'll like? Start with Ryan. What, what was your favorite? Oh. It's got to go to Four Roses Small Batch okay. to me. That a little sentimental. It's well, it's not only that, but it's honestly a really smooth and very flavorful bourbon. Like it's just simple. There's nothing. I know it's it's flavorful, but it's simple flavors. It's not anything out of the ordinary of what you would expect in a bourbon. It's just purely bourbon. Like <laughs> it, I don't know any other way to explain it. But like if I were to order a, a neat bourbon or bourbon on the rocks. I would hope that that would be what would be okay. in my glass. If it's available, you're getting it. Yeah, and my second on that one would probably be the Redneck Riviera, just because it was sweet. I know I don't normally like uh -huh. the really, really overbearingly sweet, but it wasn't overbearingly sweet. It was like, you, I could drink that neat without mellowing it out. It was okay. just, yeah, those two for me are probably my, my two. Corwin? What about your least favorite? Oh, there you oh go. Woodford favorite. Reserve Double. <laughs> Woodford Reserve. I think we all do the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll say that now. That's probably yeah. worse. That's yeah, that one's the toughest. That's the toughest to get it's down. It's not terrible, but... Like I said, you could make probably... It's probably similar to Larceny, although Larceny has so many redeeming qualities, whereas Woodford Reserve does not. Um, but it seems like one that you could make a really good, like, uh, mixed... Like a, a really solid yeah. cocktail with it. Because it Because it has so much flavor that it that it can blow yeah. past... Think, yeah. Yeah. I would say my favorite, probably, especially if I'm drinking a neat, would be the Four Roses. Okay. Uh, it's just, I love the flavors of it and how smooth it goes down. Yeah. Um, I do like Larceny, like I said before. It's my everyday bottle type thing because it makes mixed drinks well, very well. Um, and then also the Barrel Bourbon for something a little bit different and just kind of unique, different than anything else. That one's good. I enjoy it on the rocks. Yeah. Least favorite? Woodford. <laughs> Although I, I would like to experiment making some different cocktails with it, see yeah. how which flavors would translate in that. Theodore? Okay, so for me, uh, the only whiskey that made me want a second taste was a barrel bourbon. Really? Yes. Um, because it was so interesting. Okay. It was different. And at first I was like, well, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. And now I'm thinking I might want to take another drink because I think I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. The Four Roses is the easiest to like. Yes, um, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's not very deep. It's just it, it's a good bourbon, straight up. You know, just a straight good bourbon. That's I, and I think that's I think that's why I like it because to me it's like it's the comfort of that is what I expect when I order a bourbon. So basically, I think the Four Roses and the Redneck Riviera are in the same category yep. of you're definitely gonna like it. Um, you know, straight. You can't go wrong with it. It's like a mild cigar. Yeah. You know, where yeah. the 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 barrel bourbon might be, you know, a little more of a medium bodied, where it's a little more complex. Absolutely. Um, it might turn some people off, but some people might really like it. Right. Um, where like the Woodford Reserve is like a full bodied cigar, 
where it's only certain people are going to like that. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, but the people that, get, that are going to like that are going to really like it. Well, and then I think if you put Larceny and Bird Dog together, they're uh -huh. both everyday drinkers. Yeah. They're not – there's nothing crazy special about them, but yet – there's something about them that says like, oh, I could drink this any different way. I could drink it neat. I could drink mm -hmm. it on the rocks. I could mix it in a, a really high-end cocktail or I could just do a whiskey and Coke with it. Okay. You know, I think that both of those – and that's why Larceny is your everyday drinker yeah. and that's why I think Bird Dog has kind of become my, my go-to like as a hunting whiskey because it's just like it, – I mean it's easy. You can take it camping. You can go wherever with it. So I really liked uh, definitely Redneck Riviera and probably a barrel bourbon. I like the Four Roses, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I didn't like it. I was going to say, that was two out of three, man. You're kind of uh, ruining it for us. But um, uh, as far as what I disliked, I mean, I guess Woodford Reserve, just not the, the Oakies. Yeah. The Oaky flavor is just too much for me. It's too much. Um, that's just me personally, though. I, but if you like that, but that's, that's going to be your favorite. That's three of us saying that it yeah. was too much, though. And we're all avid whiskey drinkers, so. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> just like saying. I said, there's a market out there for that. Which, which, and that's not my look. Market, and know. I, I'm, I'm, I love Woodford Reserve. Their standard Woodford Reserve. Yeah. It's just this double oak thing. It's like too much oak, man. Mm -hmm. Like it's like they ground up and blended an oak tree and put it in there with like <laughs> burnt coals or something. I do feel like a lot of other whiskey manufacturers will have something similar to that too. Yes. Like they yeah. have their standard products and then they have one or two niche products that are. Kind of would turn probably most regular whiskey drinkers off, but to the few that like them, they really like them. They love them, and yeah, and that well, that's what that's who they're marketing to. They're marketing to the people that that prefer that. I mean, so it is what it is. But yeah, I would say the one that surprised me the most out of all this was Redneck Riviera. That one really blew me away. Yeah, I didn't know what to think. I didn't know either. I just assumed, hey, it's made by a country music star. Like it's probably pretty decent. But other than that, you know, I. I just I didn't expect it to have that much flavor to it. Yeah, that's so. my my uh, Christmas present, by the way. So yeah, I'm taking that one home. But hey, yeah. that's fine. I'll go get another bottle. <laughs> it's really good. No, it's it. Yeah. So I think it's crazy. The first three we had were essentially like daily drinkers or like, you know, ones that you have on any occasion. Whereas the second three that we had were a little more high end and. Yeah, I I can definitely uh, see coming home unwinding with a bottle of Redneck Riviera. Bird dog or uh, larceny. You know, just one glass. Yeah. Uh, yeah, bird dog, larceny, the same thing. Yeah, they're all... Um, and four roses, to be, to be honest. Four roses, to me, is a little too expensive to be just... Uh, honestly, if you've had the four roses regular, uh, yeah. not their small batch, it's, ones. It's, it's good. It's just harsher. Like, yeah. and But, I mean... I think it, it's really comparable to larceny. The it is. Roses. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's pretty similar. I know larceny, larceny actually has a small batch now, too, that I've been meaning to try to, at some point. Yeah. To... Compared to the four roses. Oh, you know, we never even talked about larceny. So the whole point of larceny, the reason why it's named that, was because it was named after a, a treasury agent that had the keys to the old bourbon rickhouses. And he would go in and, like, basically pop open the barrels and, like, steal jugs of their finest, like, <laughs> aged cask whiskey. And so I guess in later years, as they would go and recover the bottles, they'd find them that was, like, a jug light or, like, a handle light. Yeah. And so they knew that they were the barrels that he had tapped into. And so they kind of kept the tradition alive by naming it Larceny because he was stealing in case you didn't. Yes. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So on to our topic. Are you Next. sure we're ready to do this? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Come okay. on. Ooh, no, maybe I'm not. I'm having second <laughs> thoughts now. It's okay. I'll ease you in. Okay. So we 
on Smoke the Podcast have always wanted to do barbecue. That was one of the things that we've always talked about, right? Yes. Like food, not barbecue specific, but food. The whole idea behind smoke was it's gun smoke, cigar smoke, smoked whiskey, and then smoked meat, right? Or, you know, barbecuing. Barbecue um, smoke, yeah. Yeah, barbecue smoke. And sitting out by the fire. Exactly. We've also realized that it can be really hard to host like an hour-long, two-hour-long podcast and also have cooked a whole meal and have fresh <laughs> meat, like hot, ready to go, yeah. tasted on air. So this wing sauce thing is kind of an eye-opener for me because it's kind of like been awesome that it's not something that we really had to like – you had to slave all day probably. And, yeah. oh, you know. Kind but um, it's something where we're going to be able to really try some really cool stuff. But Corwin's passionate, so it, it was not work for him. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. So Yes. Um, that being said, we're going to get on to it. So on our meet and greet – get it? Meet and greet – Topic today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. On our meet and greet topic today, we are going to be testing some wing sauces. So we're going to do a wing sauce flight. Let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to get the plates out here, Corey. If you want to get sauce number one, Um, here's some napkins, boys. I don't know if we will be needing these because I got some pretty decent sized. Um, Well, from my understanding, meat snacks. One of these is really hot, so I might need the napkin to wipe my tears. Yes. Just don't wipe. Okay, so I am getting out our meat here. We won't tell you what the meat is. We will tell you what the meat is. We are eating only the highest quality, highest quality white chicken breast, boneless, skinless, dino nuggies. (laughs) (laughs) And I said nuggies because I know Teddy hates it when people call them nuggies. Yeah. But no, we're having nuggets, bro. Dino nuggets. You're not saving these syllables. (laughs) <laughs> we're having dino nuggets uh, because they were out of chicken fries and boneless chicken wings at the store. <laughs> Thank you, COVID. <laughs> Everything is sold out. <laughs> All right. So what is what is the name of sauce number one? So actually, I don't have a name for this one. This is the, the newest creation. You guys are actually going to be the first people to try it. Oh, cool. Oh, awesome. So, I like that. This one, I wouldn't even really call a hot sauce. It's more of a – just still a, can be a wing sauce. Okay. But it's going to be a little bit on the sweeter side, and it's Asian-inspired. It's got like a soy, ginger, garlic. So I'm going to ask you the same questions on all, on all these sauces. What is – and so this one might not have it, but yeah. what is the level of heat on a scale of 1 to 10? 1 to 10. 10 being Carolina Reaper, yeah. which you mentioned is yeah. going to be the hottest thing we try. And 1 being bell pepper. And Yeah, 1 being <laughs> yeah, This is probably a 1. It's got a little bit of uh, like red chili flake in it. Oh, okay. So, okay. But uh, it's got a lot of flavor otherwise. And you've already told us what's in it, right? Soy, ginger, yeah. soy, garlic. Soy, ginger, garlic. So it's it's going to be sweet, but then also with that soy sauce, you get a, a strong, salty flavor. And then uh, I put a good amount of ginger just to kind of give it a bright kick and then okay. garlic as well. And then ginger. And if you guys want to smell So I'm assuming that this is more of like an Asian style? On yes. the nose. Okay. That, it's, it smells to me like Asian, like Asian wings. Yeah. Yeah. The Korean barbecue wings I'm or something. I'm going to drink a glass of this stuff. Yeah. That, that smells... <laughs> Man, that smells good. I don't. Do we even have to move on? <laughs> Can we just stick with this one? All right, I'm gonna go ahead and dab. Are there any uh, random facts about this particular sauce? Um, no, I kind of just came up with this one a couple days ago. Uh, I and the sauces I've been working on, I didn't have anything really, really, really mild. Okay. And I wanted something sweeter too, kind of like an entry level sauce, something that people that don't like hot sauce might like. Okay. So we tasting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheers. Let's go. Oh man, that's good. I want more of that. 
Like, I really want more this of that. This is oh, yeah. one. I actually tried it last night. I uh, just grilled up some chicken breast and a little bit of white rice and broccoli and poured this over there. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. Oh, easily, easily something I could see myself ordering, like, at a restaurant. Yeah. Super good. I, Honestly, this sauce can really go on anything, like vegetables. Yeah, or, you know. Steamed, like, cooked vegetables. Yeah. yeah. And it could go on any kind of protein, too. You know how some sauces are only good on chicken like, honestly, or on beef? With, like, some fish or salmon, this would be amazing. Oh, yeah. You could do that. Yeah, you could do fish. pork, even, too. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. shredded pork. And even, it's got a thick enough consistency, you could even marinate with it. I just had a brilliant idea. You should make Asian fusion pulled pork sandwiches with that, with, like, a really cool Asian slaw. Okay, I'm down to try that. Yeah? Right. Okay. All right. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> On the next episode. No, I'm yeah. Yeah. No, seriously. But I, like you could easily do like a really yeah. cool fusion that pulled pork sandwich with that. Yeah. So, okay. Awesome. All right. So let's go on to sauce number two. What is the name of sauce number two? So this one's just more like a traditional wing sauce. I just call it my spicy garlic. So it's going to be uh, cayenne pepper, uh, red, pep red bell pepper, and then... Lots of garlic to kind of round out the flavor. Okay. So if you get like, you go any wing wing spot and you just ask them, oh, I want like a, a buffalo sauce. This is going to be kind of like my take on it, but elevated just a little bit. Okay. Um, what's the level of heat? One to ten. Uh, I would say this is probably about a two. A two. You, can, you kind of get like, kind of like Tabasco, like you get that cayenne pepper, the initial real sharp, quick hit, but then it kind of dies out real quick. There's oh, no, no lingering. That meat. smells like that smells like chicken wings to me. <laughs> there's nothing like there's nothing about that that doesn't say chicken wings. Okay, so oh, I, I like I'm, you're going for a very generous dab. I want to see that generous dab at the very end. No, uh, we'll I was told we'll... I was told by Corwin that, that I'm not supposed to take a generous dab on the last one. No, we will. Oh, uh, okay. I'll, I'm gonna be dabbing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Any random facts about this particular? Um, sauce? Actually, this recipe. Technically, is my oldest one. Okay, uh, I've been making this in slightly different forms uh, for about three years now. But so it, mostly just for home. This smells like chicken wing sauce with a little bit of sweetness. Yeah, a little, yeah. Bit, of sweetness. Yeah. A little bit of more sugar in there to kind of balance out the sharpness of the spice. All right. Oh wow! But a lot of garlic too. You don't taste the sweetness as much as I thought. Mm -mm. I like that. That's all garlic and and um, like buffalo flavor. The garlic's not overpowering either. Mm -mm. It's very good. It's like the perfect amount. And the key is actually what I found. You roast your garlic first before you mix it in. Okay. That makes sense. That's pretty much all my sauces. Because uh, I don't know if anybody knows anything about making hot sauces. For the base, pretty much all of them you use onion and garlic. Onion yeah. and, and garlic. And so I always roast everything before I blend it up. Because some, you roast some onions people... Also? Sorry? Do you yeah, roast I roast the onions. onions also? Okay. Slice them in half and just roast them for about half hour at least to get them nice and... Okay. Caramelized. Translucent and caramelized. Okay. So before we move on to the next one, what made you decide to start making hot sauce? Like, where did that? Because I know you're so, into yeah. food yeah, and drinks and stuff like that. I've been cooking for years and then I've made, like I said, the, the, spice, the classic spicy garlic. When I would make wings at home, I'd make it with that. I made that sauce. And you guys have actually had it. I was going to say, yeah. I'm sure I've had this before yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, but for this, it was actually in the last April or so, and after everything kind of locked down and shut down, yeah, um, I, I had got laid off my job temporarily, got a part-time temporary job, but at that point, it's like I had a lot of free time, and when I have a lot of extra time, I kind of tend on just cooking and trying new stuff, Yeah, and I just, I don't know, I started watching all the episodes of Hot Ones, kind of got inspired, <laughs> and was like, so seeing some of the sauces and 
people didn't like them. I'm like, I'm sure I can create that flavor, but better. Okay. Yeah, so. I, think, I think my favorite episode is Gordon Ramsay critiquing all the hot yeah. sauces. <laughs> He's like not even concerned about the heat. He's yeah. just critiquing the flavor. Yeah. So it's been about nine months or so. I've been kind of working on them here or there. I kind of, uh, I actually started like last year. The first one I really got into was the Carolina Reaper. Just because I had tried some Reaper sauces before and did not like any of them. They were always super hot, but then they just had really nasty flavors with it. Like, because the pepper is so hot, it's going to be terrible no matter what. Yeah. But when the sauce doesn't taste good, it's just even a worse experience. Yeah, the thing about um, super hot sauces that I've found is they're more concerned with heat than they are flavor. Yeah. Um, and right. that's why actually a lot of them you'll buy, if you look, they actually add uh, capsaicin concentrate in there oh, to make yeah. it hotter. My, pretty much mine are, it's only from the peppers. Okay. And each little, what is it? Four ounce bottle will actually have up to four or five Carolina Reapers in it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And we're drying that. We're going to try that. Yeah. We're going to try that one today. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let's go to number three. Um, <laughs> so you have like any specific names like for these sauces? Some of, like, like these, the next ones, all the next ones have names. Okay. These so the first two, kinda, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm picky about my names. I just want like catchy, unique Yeah, names. absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so like those two, I, even though the spicy garlic one's been around forever, I just haven't put the effort into trying to figure out a name for name, it yet. Yeah. Cause that one, I've always just had a bottle at home for the past couple of years. And so I just put it on whatever. And I just never thought of, it's not a newer creation where obviously these newer ones, as I was you thinking, made with as the I purpose was, of it, right? yeah, as I was thinking of what ingredients I wanted to add to the sauce, I was kind of at the same time thinking of names that would go with it. Okay, okay. All right, so number three, what's the name of this sauce? So this number three is called Chthonic Chipotle. Okay. And anybody that doesn't know the word Chthonic means pertaining, it's anything pertaining to the underworld. Okay. okay. So. So this one's hot? No. <laughs> yeah. what is, what's the level of heat one to This ten? one I would say is probably a three or four. Okay. It's Chipotle, oh. so it's, it's okay. smoked jalapeno. Yeah. But it also, uh, flavor-wise, this one has adobo in it. So it's got a real good spice, and then um, it's a lot thicker and more rich than some of the other sauces okay. because of the chipotle. Okay. Okay. And it's a little bit because it's, it's chipotle pepper. It's smoky. Okay. And then um, any random facts about this one? Um, this one I kind of just stumbled on. I was trying to make something uh, chipotle chicken, and it kind of failed. And I was like, oh, this sauce by itself. Would be kind of good, so I changed a few things, remade it, and kind of became the sauce. That smells like Chipotle so, like style of salsa. Confession time for me. Okay. Um, I didn't dab very much because I'm not a big fan of the flavor of Chipotle. And I um, understand that. Yeah. I'm one not thing, the hugest fan either. One thing that bothers me about um, the restaurant industry as of late is anything spicy at a restaurant, like especially your big chain restaurants, is like Chipotle. Chipotle, yeah. chipotle or habanero. That's yeah. it. And um, like I, li I like a spicy burger, but I don't want the chipotle, like the chipotle mayo or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't like that spiciness or the, yeah. um, the sorry, the, the one smokiness. saving grace with this is the adobo in there really kind of adds a richness to it. Mm. Not bad, but still very um, chipotle smoky. Yeah. I like it. There's something about, I mean, people love it. That's good. And you know, obviously, uh, chain restaurants sell it because people like it. Yeah. Um, but I've just, I've never been a fan of, because to me, Chipotle tastes artificially smoked. Um, it tastes like, um, like liquid smoke to me. 
There's something about that. I could see that. That flavor. That's just. I could see too, that. It. it I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but yeah, I could see that for sure. Um, I want to say the that one too. Like I would never order wings with the chipotle. Mm-mm, no. But I would definitely put a. I've mixed it in like when I just past Christmas, so we got a bunch of tamales from friends. Okay. Uh, putting a little bit of that on a tamale. Oh yeah. Totally changes. I could see that. That would be pretty good. I could see that. Or like even like because uh, it's very similar to like or uh, mole or something like yeah. That. Yeah, the, the sauce is, is uh, definitely a lot thicker. You can see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's absolutely. A lot more, uh, so with these sauces, do you like sell your sauces at all? Uh, I'm working on it. Okay. Uh, I've been kind of selling to friends and stuff, just very informal, kind of like cash transactions stuff okay. like that. Um, now that I kind of have an established base of sauces, that was the first thing I wanted to have at least a couple varieties. Right. Available. Right. Um, I'm actually going to be helping, uh, getting help from a couple of my friends that do graphic design and kind of designing labels. Okay. Cause for me, like that's the one thing I need to have before I can put it up online and sell it. Right. Right. Yeah. And the only reason why I ask, cause we've had episodes that are sponsored by our small businesses yeah. and things like that. We'd love to give you a plug on this. So you guys stay tuned when Corwin has his sauces up and running. We'll make sure that we share it on our smoke the podcast link. Um, and if anyone does want to get in touch, just uh, send us a message on yeah. actually, Instagram, I, I Facebook, whatever. I do have an Instagram set up. Uh, haven't posted in a little bit just because of life, but uh, you can actually follow me. It's Hooligan Hot Sauce. Hooligan oh, so hot it's going to be the word Hooligan, hooligan hot underscore Hot underscore Sauce. Okay, perfect. Um, awesome, cool. All right, let's go on to number four. Okay. So we done three. Yeah. And it has not had really too much spice yet. No, this so this to I'm me is. I'm a little is... nervous for the last three. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's what's the name? So this of... next one is actually my new personal favorite. Okay. Uh, this one's fairly new. It's called Southern Hostility. Oh. Um, it's a mix of red jalapeno. Okay. So not your typical green jalapeno. The red ones, they really honestly don't taste any different. I just wanted it for the color to give the sauce a more of a bright red. I really flavor. like the color of this. That is, so, yeah, it's a very interesting yeah, it's color. Red jalapeno, serrano peppers, uh, pasilla peppers, and then actually one of the big things that added to it flavor-wise is sun-dried tomato. Ooh, I love You know what's tomatoes. interesting is you can almost smell that. It smells like an Italian like yep. dish when you, once, so, I, once I knew that. I yeah. made it without the sun-dried tomato and it was okay. And as soon as I added the sun-dried, sun-dried tomato, totally changed it. Hmm, interesting. Okay, so what is the level of heat on this one, one to um, 10? I would say this one's probably about a, a five. Okay. Because it is still jalapeno, but it's got more jalapeno th- like Wait, a, more, a higher concentration of peppers. And you said it does have serranos in it? Yeah. Serranos serrano. could be pretty hot. Serranos so are... Can, so can jalapenos though. Yeah. Like it yeah. depends on the plant. It really depends. Each batch, honestly, I make is a little different. The serranos are a real bright, clean heat mm-hmm. versus the jalapenos aren't quite as bright. So it, it's a good mix. Like adding them... Same with the, the pasilla pepper is a completely different flavor too. Okay. Now, on this one, anything random about this one at all? No. I do like that the name is Southern Hostility, which is a take on Southern Hospitality. Yeah. So like this is hopefully not too hostile. All right. Right now. We're, we're, we're pretty, pretty good dabs on here, too. Uh-huh. Mmm. I love it. That's good. A little bit of sweetness. Mm-hmm. Pretty decent heat. So I'm and not... It really tastes the peppers. I like that. I'm, I've never been a huge fan of jalapeno. It's one of the few peppers that I don't really care for. Jalapeno jerky, jalapeno anything like. But I will say that with the sun-dried tomatoes, it cuts down on that overly mm-hmm. jalapeno flavor. So I don't yeah. feel like 
I'm eating like just jalapeno salsa. And it might be the red jalapeno too. They tend, it's kind of up for debate, but some people say they are a little bit more mild, not heat mild, but actual flavor tasting okay. mild because they're completely ripened. Because they're the same as green jalapenos. They just let them ripen completely on right. the plant. So, now, the heat on that to me is perfect. Yeah, that's that's why this one's my favorite sauce. Yeah. I kind of eat as much as I want and it won't kill me. Right, I can see that. You so, can keep going, keep going, keep fun going. Fun fact about me, I put raw jalapenos in just about everything that I cook. Like eggs in the morning, raw jalapenos. Tuna, raw jalapenos. I love jalapenos. I do that same, like if I make tuna salad or whatever, just chop a couple oh, yeah. of jalapeno up in there. And even I'll do it with serrano too, a little bit of serrano. Uh -huh. So, yeah. not love to it. change the subject, but I do have one more question and I'm afraid that I'm not gonna be able to get it out in the next two. <laughs> so I'm going to ask it now. So that way if we have to yeah, just I'm say, it, okay, yeah. signing yeah. off, signing <laughs> off. Um, so guys, if we do sign off quick, we're sorry, but I don't want to die tonight. Um, what's the shelf life on these things? So how I do my sauces, I don't add any kind of preservatives to them. Is that typical in sauces? Uh, on a lot of the craft sauces, yes. Um, but when you get anything like Tapatio, any of the very readily available, even Tabasco, they'll have at least one kind of preservative in there just to because of the process it takes to distribute them okay um, but all of mine I don't add any kind of preservative and when I make the sauces I actually make their pH balance at the correct level to where as long as I use a, st a sterilized bottle which I do uh, they can as long as they're unsealed and, or they're still sealed they can sit in room temperature for a few months okay and then once you crack them open throw them in the fridge and they're good for another three or four months in the fridge that's awesome. So, I mean, essentially, you could probably get almost a year out of a, or yeah, six uh, months they, to a year. They will start to separate a little bit here and there, but okay. like I've had my first bottle of Carolina Reaper sauce that I've had in my fridge probably six months now. It's almost gone, but it still tastes okay. Uh, it doesn't, didn't really change color like some sauces will. So you eat this stuff then on a daily? Uh, the what? Carolina Reaper, I'll have it about once a week. Oh my um, gosh. And this guy's only, on another level. It's only, like, I'll do small dab, like, most of the time, especially, I really like it when I make, like, uh, potatoes and eggs, all, like, a, a hash or a scramble. I'll just, the last, like, minute of it in the pan, just a small, small dab of the Carolina Reaper, just mix it up real good and throw it on the plate, and it, it's enough to where it's a little bit, but it's, you get, still get the flavor, but... And a little bit of the heat. It's not the full yeah. blast in your face. If we have, I'm gonna try and do the hunting update. I'm gonna okay. try, yeah, let's do uh, it. just because I want to see how bad this is gonna be. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get this over with. What's sauce number five? So sauce number five, we got. This isn't even the worst one. No, this is Hella Habanero. Uh, so this is kind of like a closer. So I'll just kind of out of your questions, just answer everything right now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, I uh, my brother lives down in uh, Cabo San Lucas in Mexico, and first time I went down there. We went to a uh, seafood restaurant and they had their habanero sauce. Okay. House made. Tried it. Absolutely loved it. Came up here. Tried to find a replacement. Couldn't. Okay. So this is about as close as I can get it. I'm actually going down next month. So I want to try it again and see if I can compare again. Okay. But that's kind of how this one came about. It's not your typical real thin watery habanero sauce. Right. It's a little bit thicker, a little bit more body to it. Um, but it's still got a pretty good punch. Okay. So if you want to... So with habanero, so what's the I, level I the one out of ten? This one Sorry. I would say probably about a, a seven. Habaneros will vary some, but they are they do tend to do they kick pretty sharp. They got a pretty. I sharp did, I'm kick. doing a decent dab, but not as big. As, I'm, uh, I mean that's half half the yeah. That, dino that, that's a 
acceptable dab. It's, it, you it got to mirror this at least, Theodore. It has yeah, that, that's good. Yeah, that's good. It has that signature habanero, habanero look. smell. Yeah, look, it looks and smell. It looks that then, orange habaneros look. One thing to note, I actually on this one to keep because the habaneros they are they can be really light orange to keep the color. You actually roast the carrot in there and throw it in. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. And that actually adds more to the, a little bit of sweetness because when you cook carrots, they get a little bit of sweet. And then I'll just a bit, bit more body and base to the sauce. So, fun fact, I used to work for a beef jerky company, and I believe you worked for I the did, same yeah. beef, jerky, yep. <laughs> beef jerky company for a, a while. They had a jerky that was called Triple Habanero. Chernobyl. And, yeah, Chernobyl was the brand name of it. <laughs> and I, I have to say, smelling this immediately takes me back mm -hmm. to the smell of that jerky. And it was hot. Is it hotter than that jerky? I honestly, I haven't had that, had that jerky in so long, I don't remember. I just remember it was thin cut and it burned yeah. for a while. So I remember I, it could eat it back then, but I didn't All right. particularly like his hot well, stuff. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right, here we go. I pretended like I was gonna take a bite and I didn't, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the whole thing down. Come on, man up. That's actually flavor-wise, amazing. This one, I added a lot of lime to it. So lime pairs with habanero really well, and it kind of the sharp citrus cuts through the heat a little bit, but it just flavor-wise complements. Ooh, that's hot, bro. That is that's getting warm. I will say the one thing that I love about habanero is the sweetness. Mm -hmm. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and actually, it's sad because I want to eat more of that, but I know that like maybe after. I yeah I <laughs> yeah, probably shouldn't. I'll I'll struggle. No, I'll need to take a heartburn pill. I could struggle through six six of these wings. I think. Yeah. Um, that's One thing tough. I've wanted to try. So similar to habanero, there's Scotch bonnet peppers. I don't know if you've heard of those. They're, yeah, that's uh, why they call it jerk uh, jerk yes. chicken. Uh, those are kind of a pepper you can't really get year round. Same with Carolina Reapers. They have more of a specific growing season. Mm -hmm. So this next summertime when peppers kind of are available, I plan on picking those up because people say you can make a similar sauce with haban to habanero sauce but with scotch bonnets and they taste even better. Because <clears throat> they they look very similar color wise, but they actually are supposedly even better tasting like flavor fruity wise. Yeah, I've always uh, loved like jerk chicken. and um, That flavor is... Uh... Unique. I like it. So I'm just barely starting to do a little bit of the sweat right here. Like that's not bad. The heat. I was expecting more heat out of it. Yeah. I, I have can a, always ramp it up to this has in this this batch I made. I did 13, 14 habaneros. Um. So I can always up it up and up it. And no, no, no. Strong. But like, what I'm saying yeah, is like that flavor wise, flavor wise, it's yeah. good. And this I is think like, for that sauce is the balance, the perfect balance. I, I think you could put a dab of that on a taco oh, and yeah. it wouldn't be overbearing, you know, or mix yeah, it in. Sure. I'll do that. What I'll do, even if I do a taco, I'll put salsa on there, but then I'll put a couple drops of that. on. Right. Yeah. I could easily see that. Yeah. Yeah. My mouth is burning for sure, but it's, I'm not struggling with mm -mm. this. Yeah. No, I feel really comfortable. Um, and I'm, I'm, I realize that I'm probably not, not going to be comfortable here pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, because this is a pretty big jump up next. Uh, just because <laughs> if you watch the show, <laughs> oh, no. if, you, if you watch the show Hot Ones, they always have. Well, they've changed over the past few years their last sauce, but for years they had the last dab, which is kind of very similar to this, a regular Reaper sauce, just straight Reaper. But leading up to that, they had other sauces that were whatever in between but then it had reaper added to it so it wasn't the main ingredient but they had reaper so it was kind of work your way up whereas this is just jump from a habanero which on the scoville scale is about 300,000 scoville units to the carolina reaper which will average about 1,600,000 oh my yeah. gosh and they can 
go as high as two million two hundred. Do we need to sign some kind of a waiver so, or something? No. And <laughs> to be honest, uh, the the heat's fading already from yeah yeah, from yeah the, it's already kind of past uh, yeah. This okay. one, this one won't. I'm assuming. After we eat it, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so right. on a scale of one to ten, do I even need to ask? It's ten. Yeah. Okay. So maybe nine point five. Maybe pushing an eleven. It depends on the, the Reaper peppers because each pepper is different. Like the first batch I made wasn't quite as hot. <laughs> have you tried this batch then? This batch I have. Okay. How about like are this we... one's up there because I oh, actually okay. so this batch I used I kept all the larger peppers out of my big order and I so I used the same amount of peppers they were just some of them were twice as big. So is it true you had to wear a respirator when cooking this? I cooked it outside on the grill. Oh, okay. So when I roasted the peppers and onions, I did not do it in the oven like I'll do with some of them. Get to pull on a, a full-on Breaking Bad suit. Yeah. No, but when the fumes hit my eyes, even standing outside, I started crying. So, so uh, we're gonna let Corwin decide what the dab, yeah, the I'm final gonna dab's gonna look like. I'm just gonna give you and my plate. I'm gonna copy it. Yeah, Corwin. Oh, oh, let man. me shake this up a bit. It gets a little chunky. Yeah, I always think it's funny. Um, on the scale of one to you guys ten. Want to smell it first or just go into it? I'll, I'll give it a smell. Let me smell that. Oh, there we go. Let me <laughs> waft it because I'm not, I'm not about to just take a big old hit Woo! of that. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Just even the smell of it's brutal. And what's the name of this? This is, I call it Reaping Death. <laughs> Reaping Death. Oh. Reaping Death. And what's in this? So Other than Carolina Reaper. It's literally Carolina Reaper and... Uh, this one I kind of do, I call my signature blend of spices. So it's got a lot of spices in there to kind of give the sauce as much good flavor as possible. Because no matter what, it's going to kill you with the heat. But so to give people context, this is maybe about a dime-sized dab. Yeah, if that. Um, yeah, it's about a dime-sized dab. So, yeah. Uh, I, I'm glad that Corwin was nice to us and yeah, yeah this one dipped the whole thing in there. So with my previous friends that I used as guinea pigs on the sauce, uh, we had actual like bone-in wings, uh -huh. and I probably did about a tablespoon for like six or eight wings and tossed them in that. Uh -huh. So it coated it completely, but so it's probably about the same amount as this. Okay. okay. Now I'm really nervous, TBA. When, when we take a bite of this, are we? Putting it sauce down on the tongue, or are we? Are you just however you gotta do it's it? It's not gonna matter. It's not. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> all right, we all gotta go. Uh, at the same don't time. touch your lips with it, but anywhere in your mouth, it's not gonna matter. Um, you know what? Can you do me a favor? Can you pour me a little bit of the Redneck Riviera? All right. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm gonna be able to get this all the way down without some kind of help. Does anyone need anything? No, yeah, we actually should have drank more before this. So that <laughs> right? Yeah, because I'm not feeling any of it, and I'm I'm kind of wishing that I had a little bit of like a. Uh, um. The other thing is, are we gonna get the hiccups? Oh it, yeah, it depends. <laughs> um, I'm definitely a big with this amount. I won't get the hiccups generally, but it depends. All right. So after we do this, I'm gonna try and attempt to do the hunting update. We'll right. see. We'll see how it goes. I want to get your thoughts on it, though. You got. Yeah, yeah, we got to get my thoughts. No, absolutely. Yeah. I'm saying after. Yeah. after okay. we, yeah. yeah, after we try it, we do our thing. Okay. All so, right, guys. Gonna go I'm gonna watch you guys do it first. All right. Oh, he's gonna watch us do it. Yeah. Right, make so. sure Ryan and I are gonna do this at the same time. Ready? Uh, yeah. Cheers. Cheers. We who are about One, to die salute you. <laughs> two. Three. three. I don't have anything yet. Cause there's not a lot of sauce on the, mm. there's so much chicken. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I'm hoping if I just use the chicken to... Oh, no. There it goes. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say, we. I'm hoping that I could use the chicken to wrap the sauce up <laughs> and just swallow it. <laughs> but no, it didn't work that way. Well, the thing is, is it hit... I feel exactly where that sauce hit on my tongue. Yeah, it's in it's <laughs> centrally located, and I think I did a really bad thing by trying to get it all down quickly because it's in the back of my throat. And here's the thing: so Carolina Reapers have something they call have called a signature Reaper burn. So you notice it takes 10, 15 seconds to start to come yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. It'll take up to four or five minutes to reach its max heat sometimes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it, it it'll continue to build and growing. build and build. It's definitely growing because... Like with this much, it wasn't too bad. Like if I really wanted to be mean and I done twice that, it would be significantly worse. Okay. So in your opinion, like, because to me, if I were to eat X amount Ooh, of dang. the habanero sauce, I don't think it would burn any worse. It just kind of stays the same. You know what I mean? With this, this you're saying this is exponentially worse? Because we, I get put so little on there, like a dime size. If you were much. to put more, if I put more, it would definitely hit harder. And the thing that I'll do, especially if you have multiple wings of this, so the first one is fine. By the time you get to the second or third one, it's starting to reach its max heat and it's gonna stay there, okay. and continue to burn. Because as you're eating three or four wings, it just gets hotter, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's getting hotter. When it's really, that's just from the first wing. Yeah, getting reaching its max heat. Yeah, because there was a little part of me that was almost thinking after that initial like spike of temperature, I was like, okay, that's not like it's bad, but it's not as bad as I thought. But it's getting worse as I talk. Yeah, it's definitely getting a lot worse. And you know the the funny thing is, I feel like my whole body heated up. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to sweat. My hair's sweaty. Like, this is weird. Like, that's about the size I'll generally put on my my eggs. Okay. It, but you'll mix it into I'll a bowl. Into a yeah, bowl. that so, makes sense. Especially if it's early in the morning, I don't want to be sweating over the breakfast, over my breakfast. <laughs> yeah. But every once in a while, what I actually like to do, so this sauce, what I actually use it most for, if I happen to make wings or sauce or something, I will put a dab of this in a different sauce. So say like the, uh, especially the spicy garlic one. Okay. So if I want something hotter I'll, and I'm making wings, I'll... Add a little add bit the of that. Have the spicy garlic sauce in the bowl, about to toss the wings in, and just do a dab or two of the Reaping Death, mix, stir it in, and you add that, and it, so you still get the base sauce flavor with the mm. extra heat. I feel that in my core now, yeah. which is kind of crazy. Oh yeah, this is definitely um, hot. And I feel really itchy. It, it, it's weird how, um, like, that much heat came out of such a little dab. <laughs> yeah, I would be afraid to do the dab that we had done with all the previous ones. Oh, yeah. Um, Honestly, what we did before would have been probably more closer to what would be on an actual bone, bone-in wing if, we, if I tossed it in that, which I've done and had... Yeah, the bone-in wings. Five of them are so tough coated, yeah. you know, you, you, it's hard to keep that off your lips. And, yeah. and off your fingers yeah. and off everything, yeah. It's a, it's a lot better that it's just literally, like, in, you know, in one spot there. So... With that, I really enjoyed the flavor, though. I can honestly say it, it was not bad. That's probably the thing, I, the one I'm proudest of, is getting a good flavor out yeah. of something that's right. extremely hot. Yeah, that's definitely one that I would want another taste of um, if it wasn't so hot. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for all that. Do you have anything else to add about your sauces? Uh, not much. Uh, I'm always kind of experimenting with new flavors. So. Okay. Now that I kind of have these six base ones, I may try and just stop for a bit, work on labels, branding, stuff like that, and then once I get that out of the way, start, start adding more. Yeah, uh, 
try and put them up for sale. I don't know how I'm gonna sell them yet, um, but I'll figure that out when the time comes. Cool. Well, um, before you get into this, I will say with this amount of heat, you do definitely get like that euphoric endorphin release. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of, kind of cool. I feel, <laughs> I feel really good right now. Yeah. Like despite being like a little bit on fire. Yeah. Um, very itchy. I feel like I'm sweating. <laughs> Your eyes a little red. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Whew. Okay. Um, actually, before we do move on. Favorite sauce out of all of those, all six. Theodore? Um, I'm gonna go with the habanero. I like the habanero a lot, uh, but the first one was so, so tasty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know what? They all are great for their own purposes, you know? Yeah. Um, the, I think the first one is just super versatile. You can use it for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I even like the habanero. Yeah, I like them all. Uh, but you know me I, I told you I don't like the chipotle I don't like chipotle flavor too much um, but other than that I mean they were all really good yeah it's not like comparing bourbons because yeah. they're all so different but yeah I, I have always liked your spicy garlic and we've had it on wings before here at the yeah. house and stuff so I've always liked that one top marks um, the Asian one amazing again I think you could do so many cool things with that one and honestly, the habanero, the hella habanero takes me back to working at, at uh, the Jerky yeah. Hut. So. I just love the sweetness of the habanero. So yeah, good. it's super good. So uh, I'd, I'd, I'd uh, be interested to see the Scotch Bonnet variation yeah. of that. Yeah. That's another thing I've actually, with Scotch Bonnets, I might try and do. Because I've made jerk chicken, but I've used habaneros. Uh -huh. And it's good, but it's never quite the same as when you get it somewhere else. Yeah. So try and get some Scotch Bonnets, make some jerk chicken, and maybe even make kind of like a a jerk style sauce. Yeah. So oh yeah. That's something to look forward in the future. Yeah, because jerk chicken is more like, almost like a, not like dry roast. It's a dry it's, roast. It's a, it's a marinade. And yeah. Then, but then I've actually, I've been to a few restaurants where they actually do kind of like a, a scotch bonnet and brown sugar glaze. Okay. And so maybe something along that, that line. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'll do a quick, super quick hunting update so that way we can kind of finish this off. I'm, I'm actually feeling pretty decent right now. It's hot, but it's not unbearable. <laughs> So we may have to throw some of that on some pizza later tonight and see if we just like die. I'm good. You're good? One, right. random, I'm one random slice in the whole yeah. pizza. Yeah. One, oh, whoever gets <laughs> we'll, it loses. We'll play, we'll play roulette. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Reaping death roulette. Yeah. All right. So anyways, quick hunting update. Our triggered firearms topic of the day, uh, hunting. So um, just wanted to kind of update you guys. Uh, I've only been out a couple times this season and my last trip was actually last week yielded nothing however My dad's hunting dog Sam had some amazing points on two specific cubbies and Flushed them and unfortunately just the angles where we were at we weren't able to get really good clean shots You know sometimes they just don't flush and if you don't have a group of guys It's really hard to like get them to stay in one area um, and you've You've been to Baldy Mesa before, right? Yes. So you you know never hunted, but I've uh, gone to scout. Kind of like how open it is out uh -huh. there and stuff. So it's they got a lot of, but there's also a ton of valleys and you know like uh, plateaus and stuff like that. So it's really easy for them to just shoot up a valley and be way above you and yeah. gone. You know you can't you can't chase them. So it's kind of tough. Um, we did have to. My dad and I had to cancel our special uh, draw trip. We got we drew tags for uh, the Carrizo Plains area, the Chimeneas um, 
like mountain range there or the hill range or whatever it is. It's like a game reserve um, and you actually have to draw tags for it. And so we drew tags for it back in December um, and we were supposed to go, but due to a huge COVID-19 outbreak in our family, um, we ended up having to cancel that hunting trip. So we gave up our spots, I believe too. Uh, well, we, we let Fish and Game know um, yeah. and they, they gave up our spots to other hunters who were probably super stoked to be able to go. Um, so that, that was a bummer. And my dad had a friend that also got drawn and went out that day and said that it was literally Covey after Covey after Covey <laughs> after Covey. He got eight of them, did not have a dog. So eight without a dog. And it sounds like his kids got a bunch of them too. Um, and that's mainly for quail, but I think there's chucker, wild pig, dove, everything out there. So, um, a little bummed out for that. But the biggest news in hunting update is that my dad and Theodore's uncle Frank got his very first chucker. And that's been a long time in the making. Five years of chasing <laughs> chucker and he got two yes. in one day awesome. off the road from my understanding. Work. A lot of hard work. You know, those checker. you know how many mountains he climbed, how many ridges he crested, how many hills he traversed, and where does he get them? Right off the side of the road. Um, you know, I mean, he had to chase them and track them and everything, but it's just funny. They were in the lowlands. Um, I feel like now that he's broken the seal, we'll, we'll get a lot more. Well, and, and apparently he went out another time, I think with a guy from Quill Forever, and they got a few more. I want to say yeah. four, four awesome. more chucker as well. Um, and he's hunted the most he has ever hunted this year. Yes. Um, he's, he's been going out a lot. Yeah, and really just taking um, Sam out as much as possible and getting him trained. Now, on the day that he got his first two chucker, he was also able to spot two more. He came up on them, and they were both sitting up from the way he told it. And I hope I got the details right. They were sitting on like a rock, like in like a rocky area. And he came up on them. They didn't even know he was there. He said he could have hit him. He he said he he if he would have pointed his barrel right in between the two of them, he probably would have gotten them both in one hit. Ground sluicing. Ugh, I can't talk because the heat. Ground sluicing. Mm -hmm. My tongue is going numb. <laughs> it's been about five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's starting to pick up here. Yeah. I don't know. It just hit me real bad all of a sudden. Um, ethical or not, in your opinion? In my opinion. Um... I talked about this uh, with my Papa Teddy before he passed away, mm -hmm. and I really liked his answer. Um, he said that it depends on the bird. Okay. But he also came from a different era right? where you know, you're hunting for food. We don't right. really need to kill these birds because we don't really need them for food. Um, but if the bird's on the ground and they're, they're mostly runners and they rarely fly. So quail, chucker. Quail, chucker. Um, they do a lot of their movement on the ground. Grouse. Uh, grouse, um, he said it was okay, and I, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, but you know, it, it's up to you. That's so however you feel. You to know? bring up Steve Ranella, meat eater, he has an episode where he is hunting uh, grouse in Montana, and he said that for him, because he is primarily a meat eater, that is his purpose for being out hunting. That he has no issues with ground sluicing because, in his opinion. Especially something like grouse, quail, yeah. whatever. They are runners. He gives that same exact reason for it. Um, he also says that, obviously, if he is good enough to get that close and stalk them that closely to where he has a clean shot, yeah. 
he feels that that is also him as a hunter doing the right thing, staying, you know, in an area where the bird is not maybe going to see him, smell him, pick up his scent, anything like that, and he's able to creep up and, and get him. Yeah, I think like a dove, mm-hmm. you know, perched on a tree or something. It's kind of messed little, up to different. shoot, yeah. yeah. However, Steve Rennell also has shot a bedded down deer that he has stalked to that point, and he says, look, I stalked it, I got it within range, you yeah. know, I know it's bedded down, some people frown against it, but I'm harvesting it for meat purposes, so... In my opinion, I had told my dad, you should have just taken the shot. You're going to yeah. eat them. You know, we eat, we eat everything, so. Yeah, it's fair chase. It is at that if, point. If uh, those things were ready. Calling to them, the dogs yeah. there, you know what I mean? Like, then they're still just hanging out, so. Yeah. And he had, he had moved up and got up there quietly and was able to get, on, get the drop on them. I just don't so. know if there's a difference between you kicking them and them going up in the air and shooting it immediately as soon as it starts Well, flying. and that's, that's also my <laughs> argument because a lot of these guys say, oh, well, I won't shoot it unless it's in the air. And yet they throw rocks at the bush or kick the bush to get them to flush. And as soon, I mean, as soon as they get even slightly airborne, they put them at the end of their shotgun yeah. barrel and just obliterate them. So in my opinion... I think that that's a more ethical kill. They're not noticing it. Boom, done. So, anyways, that's neither here nor there. I just thought it would be kind of a cool little point to to end on. Um, and then, kind of, I know we're gonna do uh, carrying a firearm through an airport or yes. uh, tra- transporting or traveling with a, a firearm um, is one of our next episodes. But I also want to add to the list, and we have a huge list of episodes. My chief upland vest has arrived. I have yet to test it, but it is here. It's nice. I've just seen it. And it's amazing. And, and I might buy one. Beautiful. Um, I cannot wait to take it out. I am so excited. But we're going to do an episode dedicated to hunting vests. Cool. So, um, other than that, I think we're all, we're all good. Um, I'm... I'm I'm burning up a little bit here. It's starting to, it should be subsiding by then. It, yeah. it is. It is. I got, I don't know I'm if I, I got something like in the back of my throat and it just, and on my tongue and it just like stopped me dead. Um, but yeah, it's cooling down a little bit. <laughs> so, all right guys, thanks again so much. Uh, follow uh, hooligan underscore hot underscore sauce, hooligan hot sauce. Um, follow us on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, at Smoke the Podcast. Um, thank you guys again for uh, listening, and uh, we'll catch you later. Smoke the Podcast, signing off. Have a good night. Peace. Peace.